I got a public service announcement for all y'all motherfuckers that's creatives, all y'all that got y'all on podcasts and everything like that. If your family and your homeboys and your friends don't support your shit, then fuck them. Fuck them all. Fuck your aunties. Fuck your uncles. Fuck your grandparents. Fuck your mama. Fuck your daddy. And fuck your homeboys. Fuck your homegirls. Shit. Fuck your wife, nigga. If they ain't down with you and they ain't supporting what the fuck you do and they ain't getting up and listening to your shit, then fuck them. Because guess what? There's some motherfuckers out there that's really into your shit like that. So that's the motherfucking message that I got for y'all. Now drop that motherfucking hot shit, nickel. Got my 40 on me, that's my mini me. Damn near anything I want, I can afford it. Never hustle backwards, always forward. I can multitask, always on the grind. I can walk and shoot gun at the same time. I ain't on hiatus, I ain't missing in action. I'm the center of attention, bitch, the main attraction. When I enter the turf, when I pull up, people gather around me like an ice cream truck. People always ask me what I do for a lid. I wear many hats, I'm something like lead. I love liquor and sex, booty and breasts. A couple stress marks and cellulite on her flesh. She got her legs open like a field goal pile. Booty softer than the king Hawaiian roll. Oh yeah, I'm back once again on y'all. It's your boy King Known Uncensored. And I'm here to drop some more hot shit for you. This is New Music Friday. Yeah, by the time y'all get this, it'll be Saturday night. You know I done had a cup of that vodka and orange juice, you know what I'm saying? Had me a little screwdriver in this bitch, nigga. We ready to talk some shit, man. We gonna talk about these albums because we gonna call this one Came to Play because, nigga, this Friday was amazing everybody that dropped on friday that i heard that i listened to it was one project in particular that i did not get to listen to and we're going to start off with that r kelly a so-called r kelly project called i admit it was released on friday however your boy did not get to hear it because it was pulled from all streaming platforms, y'all. Uh, you know, they were calling it an unauthorized release. And I was like, damn. Because of the fact that R. Kelly, what could have happened, matter of fact, I can get a copy of this I Admit It album and see what it's about. I just realized that just now. I'm about to go uh, download it right now. But I seen it on Spotify. I wanted to just make sure that the shit was real. You know what I'm saying? Before 
I started talking shit about it, but yeah, they took that motherfucker down immediately, expeditiously. <laughs> Damn, Kel, ain't let my man make no money for his commissary fee. He gonna be locked down for thirty years, goddamn. And you know the jokes was flying around the internet. They were talking about, uh, you know, oh man, he recorded it in jail. No, the fuck he didn't stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. He did not record that shit. No goddamn prison, nigga. Stop the cap. All these were songs that were recorded before he went to jail, including the three-part song. I mean, he released the song maybe about two and a half years ago called I Admit It, you know, pretty much opening up about his whole life, his mental problem, <laughs> basically. Everybody know that Kel's like underage women. That's no secret. And I don't know if some of you know, but we, uh, if you watched my R. Kelly show, I have a show talking about the R. Kelly case. R. Kelly is guilty, sentenced to 30 years in prison, uh, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing, though. I don't have, I mean, you feel bad for him because he was molested when he was younger as a kid, but I don't feel bad for him on this note. He refused to go get help for his mental issues. There were many people in his camp suggesting that he go get counseling, even after he was found not guilty the first time. Remember, he was found not guilty in 2008. That was the time to go get the help and stop fucking with the underage women. But then those accusations grew and grew and grew and grew and grew and grew and people were coming out and witnesses and shit like that. People were testifying against him in court. Just a whole mess. That could have been avoided if he had went and got mental help. But yeah, that's crazy though. After this, I'm definitely going to download the R. Kelly joint and listen to it to see if it was any good. I'm curious, y'all. I'm curious. Nurshan. Draymond Green. Oh, boy. I am tired of this guy. I am sick of this nigga. I'm sick of him talking, 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 talk. This nigga talks too much shit. I'm tired of this nigga. Like, it's one thing to pat yourself on the back for your accomplishments because Draymond Green is a four-time champion. He is a former NBA All-Star. And that shall be acknowledged. But the way that he talks all this shit, it's irritating. It's to the point where it's arrogance more so than confidence. Yes, you are a pivotal piece to a dynasty. But so is Horace Grant. So is Scottie Pippen. So is um, Robert Ory. So is Bruce Bowen. But it's but that's that's not what I'm here to talk about. So 
basically, this dude had his top five and had um, LeBron James over Michael Jordan, which is ridiculous, but his reasoning is stupid as hell. He said because LeBron James beat the 73-9 and Warriors, Michael never had to go against anybody like that. Um, here's where you're wrong, buddy. He went, well, here's the thing. Michael Jordan was the greatest team ever. Everybody had to try to beat him, and no one could in the NBA Finals. Meanwhile, LeBron James went to the Finals six times and lost. The conversation really should be over right there. It really shouldn't be. We shouldn't even have to go into accolades like that. Because he beat y'all, though? That's your reasoning? Well, nobody beat Jordan at all. And Jordan has had some of the lowest scoring supporting cast of any player in NBA history. You can look this shit up yourself. He's had five of eight of the lowest scoring supporting cast of all time. And since we're in a new era where scoring is king, I'm pretty sure that's, you know, you know, that's that has stuck. So, Draymond, those clutch checks must be good, huh? Is it good to you? Them clutch checks must be good for this nigga, boy, because this nigga is dick riding on a whole new level. Like, Michael Jordan was the greatest team ever. Your team wasn't, and neither was LeBron's. Although, LeBron James, the team that beat y'all... They were a very good team, and they were on paper better than any of Jordan's supporting cast. You gotta think about it. LeBron had what? Kyrie, Kevin Love, JR, Iman Shumpert, Richard Jefferson. Those are all good players. Really good players at that. So what the fuck are you talking about, nigga? Alright, so there are rumors that John Wall may be traded. It seems like, you know, the good old Lakers have been knocking on the Clippers' door about John Wall. The only person that could be traded for John Wall is Russell Westbrook. So y'all motherfuckers want Westbrook? Or are you going to trade those raggedy-ass role players that you got for John Wall? Because I don't think that the Clippers are going to go for that. Like, I don't understand why the Lakers management thinks that teams want to help them. The Lakers spent most of the 80s beating up on the whole Western Conference. For one. Number two, LeBron James is not well liked in this league. 
it's many GMs and executives that don't want to help him because they feel like he is over entitled. Why would we help you? But it seems like they were possibly thinking about it, not necessarily entertaining the idea. Oh, man. I didn't talk about this on my last show, but did y'all see the blowout that Boston put on to Phoenix, bro? That is unacceptable. And Phoenix is supposed to be like a team that is supposed to be a championship threat. And Phoenix has been getting their ass whooped a whole lot. It ain't even just about the Boston Celtics. Phoenix Suns are very flawed, in my opinion. Because it seems like they could beat up on all these regular-ass teams, but when a team like Boston, Dallas, Golden State comes through, they can never seem to get it done. And um, I feel like Phoenix is missing something. I really do. I mean, they've had interests in Kyle Kuzma. And I think that's one of the pieces that they need. They need another guy that can get you 20 because Michael Bridges can't do it. DeAndre Ayton's too inconsistent. Chris Paul is 88 years old. Campaign is inconsistent. So, I would definitely reach out. You know, I heard they would want, they were interested in Harrison Barnes and uh, Kenya Martin Jr. But I think Kuzma would be the prize right there. And they have enough pieces to offer the Washington Wizards to go get Kyle Kuzma. But the way with the but with the way that Kuzma's playing now, though, I don't know if Washington is willing to just give up on on Kuzma without at least getting some picks. Um, the two teams most persistent about acquiring San Antonio Spurs center Yaka Perto are the Golden State Warriors and the Toronto Raptors. I believe Perto was a former Raptor. If I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but I doubt it. But Pirtle is definitely what Golden State needs. You know, they're kind of light at big man. You know, James Wiseman experiment is not working out well. I'm pretty sure that he would probably be included in the deal. Maybe. Uh, um... Wiseman and Moody for a portal deal could be discussed. Toronto has many pieces that they can trade, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I think Yaka Perto could definitely help Golden State right now. Looney and, and, and Perto would be a good big man starter and backup. So, we got some more Bulls news. Chicago. Chicago Bulls fans. Where y'all niggas at, man? So, allegedly, the Bulls have never offered 
Nikola Vucevic a contract extension. Vucevic will now be an unrestricted free agent this upcoming summer. When DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic are on the floor together, they have the eighth worst net rating in the NBA. I don't know what net rating is, but it sounds like it's important. So, according to net rating, right, um, they are the eighth worst trio in the league. Well, that's because neither one of them plays defense. That's obvious. They all, the three of them can score. They can fill it up, but they don't have no defensive identity. They don't have anybody on the team but Derrick Jones Jr. that can play defense and Alex Caruso. But those two don't have the defensive impact that other three and D guys have. And the Bulls are one of the more disappointing teams this year. And, you know, since they are that, you know, teams like the Los Angeles Lakers are looking at them. The Dallas Mavericks want Zach Levine. And the New York Knicks as well. We'll get to that. And matter of fact, we can get to the Knicks now. The New York Knicks are monitoring Chicago's trade ideas. I mean, trade pieces. Allegedly, the Knicks are willing to offer a God-level package for Zach Levine. And this is Wojnowski reporting this. This is real nigga shit. Wojnowski is 99.999% accurate. He's been only wrong once as long as he's been a reporter. That's clout. That's strong clout. That's real pool. Knicks are allowed want want to offer a God package, and you know I'll give away a trade idea that I conjured up that they could possibly offer them for Levine, but Levine they have to wait until December the fifteenth to be able to flip Levine. I mean Levine has not worked out in Chicago. They've only registered one playoff berth. So here's a deal that could possibly work. Evan Fournier, Derrick Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, and Cam Reddish. Did I already say Cam Reddish? No, I, all right, let me start over. Evan Fournier, Derrick Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, Cam Reddish, and a first-round pick for Zach Levine. I mean, the Knicks are looking to offload them and get a star player there. I mean, hey, a lineup of Bronson, Levine, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robertson could be proved to be solid. And then maybe Quentin Grimes could get more clock. Obi Toppin could get more clock once he comes back from injury. I would say the Knicks would be knocking on the door of the 10 seed if they get Levine. Maybe nine. Are the Brooklyn Nets back? Because they are now, let's see, what are their place in the uh, Eastern Conference right now? Let's take a look. 
The Brooklyn Nets are placed in fourth in the East. And if they end up losing today's game against the Pacers, which is currently going on, they'll be fifth. Still, a lot of people wrote the Nets off. A lot of people was talking shit, saying that Kyrie made the Nets worse and they're better without him, which is completely ridiculous. You got Kyrie Irving, who's a walking 25, 5 and 5, when focused and healthy. You have to put focused and healthy under there in the small print. But it seems like he's focused. I think the Nets could be a threat to the Celtics and the Bucks if they're focused. But here's the problem. They have no rim protection. They have no perimeter defense. They're probably among the worst perimeter defenders in the league. I feel like the Nets have to make another move to go get some more 3 and D guys. I mean, Ben Simmons can't be the only person on the team that plays defense. I feel like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant have to put forth an effort to play defense because once the younger players and the other veteran players see that their established superstars are putting forth effort on the defensive end, the rest of the team will follow suit. to want to be that. 
because if they don't want to be that, they're not going to win. Hartman and Reed could be a great duo. Like if Harden could just score 21, 8, and 11 per game, and if B could get his 30 and 12 consistently, and they play a lot more aggressive. Like Joel and B last night was super ultra aggressive against Anthony Davis. I think he had like 17 in the first half. He was amazing. He was giving Anthony Davis the fucking business. But Anthony Davis did have a better second half. And damn near matched MD. So AD has improved. You know, long as he's healthy, he's fine. But MB and Harden, like the fact that Harden wasn't aggressive in the first quarter of the fourth quarter, it troubles me a little bit. I mean, the Sixers do have potential with this team. They have a good roster. It's just that I feel like Atlanta could be a threat once they get healthy. I think Cleveland with Garland and Mitchell could be a threat. But everybody and I agree that Boston and Milwaukee are the main faces of the East. I think the Nets could creep into a conversation for sure. But man, that Sixers-Lakers game was hella entertaining. The Sixers ended up pulling away from the Lakers and, and winning in overtime. I mean, the Lakers are a, a sub-500 team. They're a lottery team, you know, and until proven otherwise. I mean, their role players are not meeting expectations and standards. I mean... Honestly, if I'm the Lakers, I'm keeping Westbrook. I wouldn't trade him. That's 47 million coming off the books. And then you could make either get Russell Westbrook back at a pay cut, or you could let him walk. It's a lot of money. You got AD, LeBron still. I mean, LeBron's older. He's not the same guy. He can still score in many sport spurts. He's a streaky shooter. But he's inconsistent. And he disappeared in the fourth quarter of that Sixers-Lakers game. Milwaukee and Dallas, that was an epic battle. Giannis fouled out the game. Luka Doncic was dunking on niggas. Spencer Dinwiddie was dunking on niggas. That shit was a masterpiece. Those two games last night were incredible. And then the uh, Nets, the Nets game was dope as hell, too. I don't remember who the next played last night. Oh, the, oh, they played uh, uh, the Hawks. That's who they played. That was a good game, too. So, that Mavs game was crazy. I mean, Giannis took a, took a while to get into a shit in the second half. First half, he was pretty much like, damn near shut out. Luka Doncic was incredible. Even though he's set to miss uh, tonight's game, 
But let's get into these albums, ladies and gentlemen. Man, this was a great Friday. This should have been called Good Friday. We're going to start off with Mount Westmore, man. Let's talk about the OGs. Because we already talked about SZA last night. You know what I'm saying? I gave y'all a heater last night, an exclusive heater last night. I mean, the other night, Thursday night into Friday. But whatever the fuck, right? Who cares? Getting the Mount Westmore Snoop Q40 and Short album. I have been telling you guys about this. And oh, yeah. Before we get into that, right, this nigga Daz, that's why that nigga name is that nigga Daz, because this nigga, he said he was going to drop the motherfucking Inmates album. It turns out he's just dropping the single that they have. So we don't know the actual fucking release of the fucking Inmates. That shit really grinded my gears and snatched my buffs. But let's get back to the real West Coast niggas that dropped some hard shit because, my goodness, all of these guys still got it. Too bad Snoop already put out a project called I Still Got It. Snoop Dogg's been one busy motherfucker. Like, you gotta realize, within the last 12 months, he released Algorithm, Death Row Summer, Back on Death Row, I still got it, the mixtape, and Mount Westmore, all within a 12-month period. So you got to give Snoop his flowers. He should have really been an MVP candidate. I wish he was selling records, though, you know, but hard work is hard work. Now, let's start off with California. Man, vintage West Coast sound. Rick Rock on the beat. And the quartet just body shit, body shit. Motto, another cool Rick Rock produced track. Pretty cool. Big Big Subwoofer was what I played in the beginning of the show. I mean, the track is banging. Definitely worthy of being the first single. Um, Big Subwoofer, Subwoofer came out at the end of last year. And it brought a lot of excitement. Too Big with P-Lo. I mean, this is more of an E-40 and Too Short vibe. But Snoop Dogg and Ice Cube fit themselves quite well in the current West Coast sound. Which is in uh, uh, what I call the hyphy bag. And of course, P-Lo produced it. You can just tell when P-Lo produces something. Activated was just... Hardcore gangster rap at its finest. This is more of Cube's bag right here. Have a nice day with them joints and Gen M. Man, listen. The singing on here was incredible. And then the four rappers just attacked this song with a vengeance, man. Just a record for the naysayers. Ghetto Gutter. This is one of my favorite records on here where they talk about Life in the ghetto, growing up in the ghetto, and just embracing ghetto fabulous. Free game is exactly what it said, what the title says. You dig?
Um, I got pool. Obviously, is more like uh, you know, showing you showing off the OG status. Up and down is a booty shaking record. I mean, hey man, who, who mostly dominates the strip club? Young niggas and old niggas. Do my best, featuring Uncle Chuck. This was a body for sure. This was dope. This is a dope ass record. Repping that West. Lace You Up is pretty much the OGs. More OGs giving free game to the young, young bucks that take them for granted, that call them washed and all this other shit. Fuck you, basically. Tribal. Tribal is uh, definitely some super West Coast shit right here. How many? Fire. I like how many. You're on camera with Rick Ross and Stressmatic. Fire. Some gangster shit right there. And MASH. Great closer. All in all, Mount Westmore made me proud. Because I am so happy that uh, this project finally got to come out. And E-42 Short, Ice Cube, and Snoop Dogg. There's no weak links in this group. There's nobody weak. All four of them are legends. All four of them can rap. All four of them can adjust. All four of them are very versatile. And all four of them are legends of the highest power. Just some, just four dope-ass OGs kicking game, talking shit, and spitting raw footage. Now let's move on to the next album of the day. Trill Static 2 by Bun B and Static Selector. Oh man. You see, Bun B is also a person that doesn't get enough credit for being versatile. Because, you know, yeah, he's done the, the, the Dirty South thing, the Texas thing, and all that other shit. But he's more than that. He can rap on any beat. And murder. Now, Trill Static 1 was fire. And this one does not pale in comparison. I don't know which Trill Static is better, to be honest. I really need to go back and try to determine that. Right back at it. Plain and simple. Just a little intro. Bun B spitting hot bars and whatnot. Building bridges with Paul Wall and terminology. Paul Wall still got it. He can still rap. He's still nice. In my hand with Big Crit and Cal Wayne. This shit was solid. I can't knock it. We live with Dave East and Janelle, bro. 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 Who would have thought that him and Dave East would have sounded good together? But these two sound dope as hell. I feel like the, the, the uh, track may have been a little too short, but I this is my favorite one on here. Devastating with Propane and Styles P. Propane's kind of underrated as a rapper. Yeah, Bun, Propane, and SP tear this shit up. Every hour with Nims and Papoose, Nims kind of tore this shit up. And Papoose did good. Bun did good. That's all you can really ask for. 
a track with no weak links. Only Life I Know featuring Flea Lord, Holly, Supreme, and Smoke Dizza. Pretty solid filler. A pretty solid hot album filler, but the best song on here. Notice I have my favorite and then the actual best song. Acetone with Boldy James. Oh my god. Bold, Boldy killed this shit. And Bun B matched his energy. Ain't No Telling featuring 38 Special Graph and Holly Supreme. Probably my least favorite, but not a stinker. There comes a time with Armand DeSanti doing the intro, pretty much the outro to the project. All in all, Bun B and Static Selected deliver yet another dope-ass project. And I'm going to tell you something about Bun B. Bun B does not miss. I haven't heard anything, I never heard a bad UGK project, and I've never heard a bad Bun B album. And the streak continues. Let's move on to the last album of the day, which is A Boogie with the Hoodie, Me Versus Myself. And I'm not going to lie, I am surprised. This was the biggest surprise of the day because A Boogie with the Hoodie is kind of inconsistent with the albums, you know? You know, but... A Boogie always has a handful of joints on all the albums. Like, you know, I was worried about this because it was 22, 23 songs. And the last project I heard with 22, 23 songs, I wasn't a fan of it. I mean, before Artist versus Artist that came out at the end of the year, this was pretty good. But let's get into me versus myself. Food for thought. This was pretty damn good. Not gonna hold you. Bro, better ride out with Roddy Rich. Fire. This should be a hit record, in my opinion. Take shots with Tory Lane. This is pretty much shit that gets played at the lounge. You know what I'm saying? This is some lounge shit. You know what I'm saying? Have your little drink. Holler at your little breezy or some shit. Water Drowning Part 2 featuring Kodak Black. Y'all not gonna like this uh, opinion on it. But I ain't gonna lie. This is better than the original Drowning to me. I know y'all love that it have been and then it been and then it get to down it. But I like the original Drowning as well. But this Drowning Part 2 is way better than Part 1 in my personal opinion. Money Conversations, more hot fire. I love Money Conversations. Definitely one of my favorites. Damn, no wonder Boy Wonder produced it. That makes a lot of sense. Turn Off the Radio, dope. This was a good cover of So Sick by Neo. A Boogie with the Hoodie. One thing I love about A Boogie with the Hoodie is like he has a sense of music history. So he'll throw in some lines from his favorite R&B records to uh, put some some nostalgic vibes to it. Last time with G Herbo, this track surprised me the most. This is surprise because G Herbo didn't fuck this song up. Number one, 
And number two, this song is a vibe. And I definitely love it. I need it. This was pretty okay. This was alright. Ballin'. Eh, this is okay. This is okay. Just okay. Emotions. This was cool. This is a decent cover of Nice and Slow. Not a great cover, but decent. Bounce back. Now this should be a hit record. This should be a big ass record. Bounce Back is fire. Come here. Another song that I think should be a hit. Damn Homie with Lil Dirk. This shit is fire. This shit is fire. I love the cover of Mini Man. Friends with Benefits. I love the vibe of, of Friends with Benefits. Chanelli with Don Q. This is kind of me. This is kind of a mid-ass song. I'm not gonna front. Straight album filler. February. This was cool. This is another decent album filler. Regular. This is cool as well. But Soul Snatcher. This is dope as fuck. I love that. 24 hours with Lil Dirk. This was filler. This is okay. This is kind of mid. Man in the Mirror was solid. Back It Up was cool. Back It Up is cool. And then Player With Her is out of here. That's That should be a hit record as well. All in all, A Boogie With The Hoodie. Me Versus Myself. This is a project full of possible hit records. If given the right attention, like, Ace Boogie already kind of has his own style to, to stand out because he doesn't have that, he's a singer-rapper, but he's not like Rod Wave, Moray, and all those other niggas that, that, that use that style. He has the, the New York flair and the swagger to it that makes him stand out amongst the crowd. And Me Versus Myself is very enjoyable, a very fun project to listen to. That's my show. Thank you for checking out New Music Fridays on a Saturday. It's King Nona Sister. I'm going.